Conversation Hat Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Conversation Hat Podcast, a comedy podcast. It's here. It's here, a comedy podcast it's for geeks. It's us. It's us, a comedy podcast for geeks, artists, and terrible people. I was expecting to be interrupted a third time. Yeah, no. but I thought that would be rude. God damn it, you're good at this. Um, my name Thank is you. Liam. I am one of the hosts. That over there is Ben. He's another one of the hosts. Hi. Hi. I'm Ben. Yeah, I'm over here. Yeah, you are. Uh, we to... are many, many metres apart. Many, many men. Uh, today we are recording uh, over live stream. <laughs> Which is a good thing. Which today good we're thing. recording. Today we're the recording. last three times, we didn't press the record button. No. It was a waste. It was we a waste. We had Obama on. He told a us farmer. all the secrets of the White House. Oh, Obama. But we did... Yeah, I thought you said Obama. a farmer. Yeah, he's a farmer now. Obama the farmer. Obama the farmer. It rhymes. Obama so it's the true. farmer. Yeah, uh, this is a live we, stream. We didn't press record. God what a damn stupid it. thing. We this... missed an episode of Obama. God. Obama, we know you listen, buddy. We'd love to have you back. This is a live Liam motherfucker. This is a live stream comedy podcast and will be Ben's last appearance <laughs> because I fired him just now. <laughs> This is a live-streamed comedy podcast uh, going out to Twitch and YouTube on whatever day it is today. We're well ahead of the Halloween celebrations, and we are sharing our favourite spooky things. Spoopy! Um, ben, is, ben is my favourite spoopy thing. Um, but we're, we're embracing late-stage capitalism and specifically talking about spooky things you can buy. Save or the economy. Ex- yeah, actually, that's a good point. <laughs> They're all things you can buy. <laughs> or you could probably find for free on the internet. All steel. Yeah. Which, you know, I normally... Some people don't have a problem with doing that. However, in the times that we're currently living in, the arts are being even less funded than the underfundedness that they had. I mean, they're being so openly slagged off, aren't they? So Don't steal stuff. Pay pay for it. If you get I'm not steel, sure where steel I'm not sure how I feel. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about maybe sharing a Netflix password with a friend or a loved mm. one. But you what know, a, what about someone you don't like? What can I share it with someone I don't like? What's your stance on that? Uh, it's a little bit weird. It is a bit weird. But if that's what you want to do, buddy, you live your life. I. But also make sure that other people can live their lives, so... Just have some basic bloody empathy, yeah? Yeah, and pay Um, for shit. This is a good time to say, patreon.com forward slash conversation hat. (laughs) Give us money, you bastards. We are going out live. You can, of course, support the show on Patreon, as Ben just so nobly (laughs) plugged. Um, One dollar a month. One dollar do, which is the least you could possibly give us, uh, gets you access to uh, exclusive Patreon-only episodes every month and also early access to full, um, full-length episodes with guests, which I think is pretty good. Um, if Patreon isn't your speed, you can also sub. You can subscribe on Twitch, which gets us money, and you get nothing. You get an emote. I'm pretty sure there's an emote of Roman's face, but I'm not sure about that. Um, no, and ben, what you, a face it is. What a face. Um, you definitely get the logo, I'm not sure. I need I need to do more stuff with Twitch, 
but it would be encouraging if people subscribed so I know that that's worth doing. Uh, money, please. You can catch these live streams once a month. Ben's got a thing up his nose, as is the style. This is, this is so that you mention it. Those listening to the podcast can't see what I have up my nose. And I therefore, they, they're now intrigued. You're compelling So they may tune in to... for, you know, the next one. Gotcha. That's really smart. Um, if you want to know when the live streams are, you can find Conversation at Podcast on Facebook. I hate Facebook, but it's the only social platform with an events function. And you can also come find us on Twitter. By golly, we do tweet about some things. Yes, Liam, what things are we talking about today? Right, the purpose of this particular uh, podcast, because this is coming out in the middle of October, uh, we wanted to share some of the spooky things that we have been enjoying so that you can go get spooked yourself. Um, we will have minor spoilers for the benefit of people who aren't going to watch these things, but like your podcast app has a skip forward button. Uh, so what I suggest you do is you skip backwards listen to the amount of time that you're going to skip forwards again and then skip forwards so that our analytics aren't all messed up, yeah? Ben, don't worry about it. You don't have to be an expert in podcast apps, just Discord. So, um, <laughs> we have a list of categories here. Uh, we do. We've got, we've got uh, books, films, games, TV, and food. Spooky food. Um, do you have a preference as to where we start, Ben? I would like to begin with Okay. Do you, do you want to start with books? Because I actually have three books, but they're all sort of mini suggestions. So I guess I guess you go ahead. Well, as as with all things, I have one answer, <laughs> and that's all <laughs> that is necessary. Sure. Um, we were talking earlier in the live stream about uh, Terry Pratchett. Were we? And. Uh, we were talking about Terry Pratchett and the watch that's coming out, um, the TV series, and all little Terry Pratchetty type things. Mm -hmm. We also mentioned uh, Good Omens, which was we written did. by uh, Sir Terry Pratchett and one Mr. Neil Gaiman. Yes. And this is the only other work by Neil Gaiman that I have read so far. Mm -hmm. um, the book is called Ocean at the End of the Lane. Have you heard of the ocean at the end of the lane? I have not. What is that? Uh, this was recommended to me by a friend. This may not mm. be inherently spooky, but um, yes, this was recommended by a friend of mine, and she said, don't look up anything about it. Okay. So I'm going to try and say this relatively unspoilery yeah so the book begins it's um the protagonist this unnamed man uh returns to like his uh hometown for a funeral yeah um and then he sort of uh he, he remember he goes sort of like to see his old house mm -hmm. and the house down the road where his neighbors lived and there's this woman that he uh bumps into and they sort of have a bit of a chat. And then he remembers 40 years back to when he was a child. And it's sort of like repressed memory. That, And then that's the story that you go through. Um, he meets this little girl when he's small. Mm -hmm. uh, who lives in the house down the way 
with her mother and her grandmother. They're very, they're very friendly in sort of a, oh, yes, if you put this in tea and this in tea. They feel a little bit um, grandma-y, maybe a little bit witchy. Okay. But, but, but like, nice, good witches. Sort of, um, yeah. yeah, not ones that are going to put kids in the oven. Right. And, uh, you fry yes, children. Little... Get the crispy skin if you fry them. <laughs> we grill them. It's healthier. <laughs> it is healthier. That's true. <laughs> and this, this little girl, Letty, says that she, the pond at the bottom of her garden is the ocean. Odd things start happening to our protagonist. I would definitely recommend reading this. It does get real creepy. It, I didn't expect it to be a supernatural thing. And then when some of the supernatural things started, like you know in uh, horror movies when, like you're looking, someone's seen something over in the distance, and they're like, oh no, oh, I'm sure whatever that was has gone, and they turn around and it's right in their face. Yeah, it, it's got some of that in it. Interesting. To the point where I'm getting small amount of goosebumps just talking about some of these bits. Getting spooked out live on air. Our first it, it spoop, was ladies and gentlemen. Our first spoop. Put that up on the board. Spoop number one. Jink. It was it was genuinely frightening. Cool. Yeah, a genuinely frightening thing to experience. It was something that I've never got from books before of being genuinely afraid of these things. Cool. So yeah, if you if you want uh it's not very long. Um I have a copy of it around here somewhere, but I'm not gonna dig for it at the moment. Sure. It's it's not a very long book, but it's you know, I, I'm going to finish reading Terry Pratchett and then I'm going to move on to the works of Neil Gaiman. Nice. And I'm very excited about that because of this book. Good stuff. So, sorry, was that a Neil Gaiman book? That or is a, a Neil Gaiman book. A Neil Gaiman book. Good stuff. Um, I'm with mine sort of trying to... I'm not going for, like, overtly horror-based stuff, but stuff that's kind of... Or, or overtly scary stuff. I'm trying to do stuff that, like... Um, some of it's kind of just basically got zombies in it, but isn't like overtly scary. It's just kind of like spooky ooky in that sort of way. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and not, some of not all stuff, of my stuff is scary, scary. Sure. Uh, and some of this stuff is, in hindsight, a bit lame, but actually at the time was quite <laughs> um, quite scary to me. So cast your mind back. Uh, where we spoke about Marble Hornets and Slenderman. Okay, and that whole, hang on. That whole thing. Do I need to... There, my mind has been casted back. Perfect. When we were talking about uh, Marble Hornets, um, or rather, when I was into Marble Hornets, um, I was sort of into um, SCP Foundation, which was a collection of um, short stories... Uh, on on a website and they're all basically about like creepy objects um and i was into sort of um i don't know if there's there's like a term for it but this kind of like um contemporary horror like like slender man stuff that exists on the internet and something when like talking to people about like other stuff to try out uh, was the book of leaves uh book of leaves is the sort of thing that like um pseudo intellectual um gross white dudes will probably all have a copy of on their bookshelf uh, i own two um <laughs> true story i'm uh, I so annoyed because my... i 
I really wanted to say, oh, I've heard of this. I really want a copy. <laughs> oh, cool. It's, it's kind I'll of... I'll borrow it, one of yours. Because I, I bought a copy for myself and I bought a copy for my brother at the same time, who's similarly pasty and disgusting. It's a really cool concept for a book. And I, I'm a sucker for anything that, like... Um, maximizes or subverts whatever medium they are presented within, um, even if that means the thing itself is a bit lame. Uh, Bandersnatch, for example, on Netflix, I thought was genius, and I can't wait to have more interactive videos like that. I thought that was really cool. Mm. I I loved it back in the day when YouTube videos were interactive, and you could sort of like do a make choose your own adventure storybook type thing with like suggested videos youtube sort of ruined that a little bit um and they were like sports car adverts where you could change the camera angle as the video played like kind of seamlessly which was crazy yes. but like they did away with all that so anything that like screws with the medium i'm really into and book of leaves is the um the the book version of that. I, I do have a copy, but I couldn't find it because it's buried under some crap or whatever. Um, book of Leaves is several stories that run concurrently. Um, there's the story of a family who buy a house, um, and the, this is the House of Leaves. Um, did I say Book of Leaves or House of Leaves? I think you said Book of Leaves. That's stupid. Book is the medium. <laughs> House is the leaves. House, houses of leaves. Uh, House of leaves. God damn it. Did I write down book of leaves? I wrote down book of leaves. That I'm an idiot. House of leaves. I, I look. Bless you for changing that. You've, no one will know. I'm going to share no, this document so you can all see. I've um, only noticed because of the tappy tappy noise. Tappy tappy. Uh, House of leaves is a book about a house of leaves um so that the first story is about a family that buy this house not a book a house um and what's weird about the house is that doors will randomly appear and corridors will sometimes just be a bit longer or shorter than they should have been and wait was there a basement hang on where'd the annex go just random the house will just like expand where's granny and gonna contract. stay <laughs> and uh, granny's gone hooray um and just round bloody house of leaves shut up <laughs> captain buddy seven and they get like plans like the blueprint of the house and there's just stuff that shouldn't be there and they're like they measure the interior of the house and then they go outside and the interior is bigger than the exterior tardis style all Ooh. kinds of crap like that and eventually, um, the the man of the house um, like gets trapped in a maze type thing. And like, I don't know. I didn't get very far into it because it's fucking hard to read if you're dyslexic, for reasons we'll get into. Other than being long um, and wordy, there's. I don't know if we're supposed to think there's like a minotaur in this maze, Theseus styley. Um, or if we're just supposed to do it, or if we're just supposed to think there's a minotaur because it's a maze. I don't know. Um, so that's that's the A story. And then there's other stories which are about a, a reporter who's kind of a bit of a, a ne'er-do-well, drug addict, party-party type guy 
who's like reporting about the house of leaves and the family that went there and then there's snippets of other little stories throughout but the um the way it's told is that some pages will have no text on um okay. some pages will have like i think you get some really really fine prints some are just backwards some have like uh, a wall of text but then the block in the corner is another story and or sometimes there's just gaps in text and it's sort of supposed to like reflect the in some places um kind of expansive uh, agoraphobic and then suddenly claustrophobic nature of this house expanding and contracting for no reason and it's just supposed to like be disorientating and stuff so you kind of find that like you're reading this bit in the corner so you go forward te- you read 10 pages and then you have to be like right that bit's ended now i've got to go back 10 pages and read the other story so it's it really does make a lot it makes a lot of use of the medium and what you can do with like the written word and it's the sort of thing that like you ain't gonna get i sincerely hope you never get a um a film or tv version of house of leaves um because it wouldn't because it wouldn't work you have the same effect yeah you wouldn't be able to tell those stories at the same time not without having to rewind the video and you're not going to do that in a cinema are you that would be fun though wouldn't it um so that that's something that like in retrospect as a as a 31 year old dude it is a bit like meh i like the the b story for example is like really obviously trying to be um just really obviously trying to make this this gross kind of character that as a teenager you go oh yeah he's cool i want to be like him and it's just a bit lame so like in retrospect it's it's a bit meh the story isn't that strong but actually like the the way the the narrative is written and and the way they exploit the medium is really really dope so i would recommend it for that um and it's kind of a cool idea and i know it's inspired like a lot of very cool um media bending kind of stuff so that that's book number one for me the other two i won't go on about um well, I mean that—that's now on my Christmas list. You can borrow one of my versions. Uh, book two, Mogworld, got zombies in it. That's it. That's all I have to say. So Yahtzee Croshaw, uh, we've definitely spoken about this on stream before. Yahtzee Croshaw yes. is um, video game reviewer. Um, he does zero punctuation for the Escapist. Heckin' funny videos on if you are into games. That's one of the reviews on YouTube that you're probably already familiar with. Uh, slightly um, Civil War as well, he does. Yes, there's that which one is as well. very good game discussion um, videos. He, he's got a really kind of contempt... He's got a kind of Pratchett-esque way of writing fantasy, I think. Um, like, there's a lot of humour in the way that things are explained and the characters are, like, super relatable and sarcastic. Um... Mogworld is basically about a a zombie that wants to die, but he can't die, and he's got to work out how he gets to die. And it's spooky because it's about death and zombies. Why not? Why not? Uh, yeah, heavily, um, massively recommend that. And also, if you mm. again, I, I this is Laura's copy. I um I listen to it on Audible because Yahtzee Croshaw narrates it. 
Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm, I might so give that a go. Uh, you said he, he's like Pratchett. My, my favourite way of yeah. someone describing Terry Pratchett's writing style was it's like a bloke's chatting to you in a pub. Yeah. It's very casual but engaging uh, yes. writing style. And yeah, I would say uh, Yartz Croshaw. Very similar. Very, uh, yeah, he does it in the same sort of way. It, if you're being told a story instead of reading a book. Yeah, like yeah, you're chatting with a really good storyteller rather than yeah. a novelist. Uh, last book for me. Last book on the left from the guys at Last Podcast on the left. It's basically a book about serial killers, but it's funny. I've spoken about Last Podcast on the le- left before, like one of my favourite um, podcasts, talking about creepy stuff, um, serial killers, witches, and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, they're doing about the releasing episodes about witches currently so it's worth a listen uh spotify exclusive there again i don't know why i'm doing their promo work for them um and their book is a book about serial killers and it's got some really cool illustrations and it's kind of got bits that are told from like the perspective of the uh the podcasters as well so like um uh last podcast on the left is one of those kind of character driven things where like you listen because you like the people who are talking perhaps more than the subject of murder so that's one of the really appealing things about the book uh, it's got really good illustrations as well a little bit spooky um i don't know if you can see that but i was i was getting there very you confused you've moved your camera but not the one that i see you on yes yeah, so it doesn't matter so there you go ben there you go illustrations oh, you just showed me lots of words but cool lots oh. of words there's john Spoof. there he is um, so those are my three spooky book suggestions. Uh, I have an honourable mention, if I may. Oh. oh, I don't know. I don't know if that's allowed. Resident Evil. The game. The book, the game. The, the book of the, the, book, game, the game. The game of the book. Right. A series the game of the House written, of Leaves. Stand series book. written by S.D. Perry. And this book, it's easily one of the most read books that I own. Cool. All of this stuff isn't, like, meant to make the book look scary. That's just uh-huh. how often I've read it. Good stuff. Yeah. S.D. Perry. It's fun, particularly if you've played the games. And if you weren't very good at the games, like me... Because I was small. I was, like, eight when the first one came out. Yeah. I couldn't play them. The fixed camera angles, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Yeah, I get so it. So I would, I would go round to a friend's house. He would play the games while I watched. So these I can experience experience without not being able to play the games so yeah awesome. i think she also does some star trek novels cool. as well okay i was gonna say yeah sd perry sounds like a very familiar name mm. so this is the conversation how the conversation oh let's do a film shall we cool i have two little films oh bloody hell go on i and i do realize that um the book that i described I didn't want to give too much information away about mm-hmm. because I don't want to spoil things. Sure. This movie's going to be similar. Have you ever heard of Orphan? The concept. I, I mean, the concept you probably have heard of, but this is a 2009 horror horror movie. Oh, yeah. Called Orphan. So there's this family who are trying to have another baby. They've already got two kids. They do not succeed. They they um they lose the baby during mm-hmm. labour. 
very sad. They decide then to adopt. Because, you know, it's a good thing to do, adopting. I yes. genuinely think that if I choose to have children, I think adoption is a very good thing. Yeah. Having said that, when they go to the uh, orphanage, the little adoption place, they meet Esther, mm-hmm. who is a nine-year-old uh, Russian girl. Right. But perhaps not all that she seems, or is more than she seems. Weird stuff starts happening around the house. Okay. The nun that's meant to go and help Esther, like, in- get integrated with the family, um, because uh, she warns the mother that weird stuff happens when Esther is around. Mm-hmm. Like, other kids getting hurt, but being too scared to say who hurt them and these sure. sorts of things. Yeah, it's totally Esther. She's doing shit with hammers and dead pigeons and basically slowly trying to get people. Cool. To kill people. Nice. And it's very interestingly done because, you know, child murder. Yeah. I mean, that it's, it's a thing that happens... Kids yes. who there's all these American TV shows. Kids who kill. Bah, 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 bah. It does make you feel very uneasy. Yeah. There's funny bits. There's dark humor. I mean, it's dark humor. And there is the best twist that I have ever experienced in book, theater, film, or TV. You will not get it. Cool. I there like is it. no way that you would be able to guess. There was a story of a um, a Russian girl that was adopted by an American family and, like, that... I can't remember the outcome of it, so I'm, I'm not going to dwell on it. Like, do go Google it. But, like, I think the upshot is uh, they're not sure if they up, they um, adopted a very small 40-year-old Russian woman. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we might edit this bit out. Yeah. But you've seen this movie then. Oh. (laughs) No, no, no. This was was a real life story. Oh, shit. It wasn't wasn't a folklore or anything. No, this this is something that happened quite recently. So that's the plot to the movie then. Yeah, spoiler alert. Sorry, but it turns out that (laughs) she is actually a 40-year-old grown woman with um, a specific type of dwarfism, which is a real type. So right. she just looks like a like 10-year-old girl. So my film recommendation is actually a Ben Pearson suggestion, although he hasn't watched it Go <laughs> somehow. Um, Slaughterhouse Rules. Ha! Which you, you, Sucks to be you. you now? I watched it three days ago. Amazing. Uh, we, we thought... I thought that Ben had recommended this film... Having seen the film, Ben recommended this film off the strength of its trailer. It is a good film, and also the trailer is good. Um, so it is the story of um, a kind of working class boy who goes to a very uh, snobby uh, private school, um, and it's got all the tropes of like a snobby private school. It it feels a lot like kind of uh, modern Centrinians for boys, basically. Um, except there are 
girls in it, but they're, they're begrudgingly. Um, and it's about fracking. Uh, they're starting to frack on the site of uh, Slaughterhouse, which is the name of the the school. A big old school. Big old school. Um, and then fracking goes wrong with um, Corsi Halloween-y uh, consequences. Um, it's pretty good. It's got um, Sean Penn in it. It's, do I mean Sean Penn? You mean Simon no. Pegg. Simon Pegg. Not Sean Penn. <laughs> Sean Penn, Simon Pegg. It's an S and, name and then an item. And it's got... Um, who's the headmaster? Michael Sheen. Michael Gove. Michael... As the head teacher. Is this working? Mike Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen makes all things go clean. That he does. That's Mr. Muscle. Yeah, it's got Michael Sheen as the headmaster. It's it's really funny. So slaughterhouse is one word. Slaughterhouse, slaughterhouse. And rules is spelt with a Z. Slaughterhouse rules. Because of course it is. Because of course it is. And it came out last year. Um, yeah, it's good. Watch it. It's good. It's on Netflix, I think. Do yes. I watch it on Netflix? Probably. I watched it on yeah. Netflix. Ben watched it on Netflix. I watched it on Netflix. Liam watched it on Netflix. I probably did. Uh, yeah, so that's my film. Yeah. Pleased. I I was going to talk about Insidious for a little bit. Oh, yeah, go on. Um, You've got 20 seconds for okay, Ben's top 10 Insidious facts. Okay, top I watched Insidious the other one. day, and yep. it was sort of okay. I'm not that into horror movies, so I watched it, and it was a bit scary, and then there was a bit with an old woman that really creeped me out, and then I was like, ah whenever I went to the toilet for the next couple of days. But then we watched the second one, and the old woman is actually a man in drag, and it got a lot less scary when I found that out. That's ten facts. Oh, we were going for ten. Well done. I thought that was ten. I wasn't counting the time, though. I thought you were counting ten seconds, so I stopped then. No, I was counting the facts. So, yeah, I, I was just going to mention it because, you know, I thought that the first movie was actually kind of scary... Or at least unsettling. There's a weird yeah. demon that does sewing machines with Ooh. whilst listening to Tiptoe Through the Tulips, which is very odd. Sure. Um, but yeah, then the second one happened and it made it less scary. Okay. The conversation has. The next one on my list is games, so let's go with games. I have Prey. Well, it is a Sunday. Ah, ha, 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 ha. Um... <laughs> Jesus. Uh, the reason I've got Prey is because we, we recently got the uh, the DLC for Prey. And we have been playing the DLC. Uh, Prey's 2017 video game. Um, it's sci-fi. You are in space. And you, you realise that uh, things are wrong in space. There's a kind of a goopy, messy material um, that can... You've sort of got these little sci-fi goopy spidery things and they can copy other things. So like in the game, if you saw these two cans together, one of them would be a spider and it would jump at you. Um, Hence the phrase, trust no mugs. Um, (laughs) Which you will know. (laughs) That is the phrase. Trust no mugs. Um, So it's, it's, it's a horror game because... Every time you see pairs of things, you expect to be attacked and you expect there'd be a jump scare. There's also like the kind of hulking humanoid uh, versions of the Goopy Monster and they um, they have like 
telekinetic powers and will mess you up big time. Um, and it's it does a lot of kind of uh, there's the psychological aspects of the horror because you you don't know what physical items around you you can trust, and you don't know when your neck's going to be attacked, um, and the the way that the uh, the goopy monsters move is super unpredictable. So there's that aspect to it as well, um, and you can sort of try to you can either like develop your skill set or you can develop as a player, as a character, you can develop your like telekinetic abilities so you have the, the chance to use these monsters against themselves, which is very cool. Um, and it's all a bit upsetting because there's corpses everywhere and you're, you're alone in space, so it's all quite creepy anyway. Um, very strong storyline as well. Basically, you're in space. It's an ultimate timeline where... Uh, I think basically Kennedy doesn't get assassinated and the space program happens a lot sooner. That's the gist of the story. Okay. Um, but obviously you you uncover like uh, dirty dealings and stuff, which is very fun. Um, yeah, it's real good. It's pretty spoopy. Uh, we got the DLC. I think the DLC is called Moon Landing or Moon Base or something. Uh, moon Crash. There it is. Pray Moon Crash. Moon Crash is a little different because it, it's obviously set in the same world. I think it's set just after the events of Prey. Holy crap, the ending to Prey is really good. Um, in Moon Crash, which came out in 2018, you are a... It doesn't, it doesn't really state what role you are, but you, I think you're a researcher or a hacker or something. You get delivered a package um, of memories that you can literally plug into your brain and play through and you're basically are given one map one level that's quite large but you explore this level as different characters okay. and the the goal is to every time you go through you unlock a different character and a different area and the idea is that you rescue these other characters and you all make it off the moon base it's real good, and it makes me poop. <laughs> That's my summary. <laughs> oh, good. Praise I mean, great. I, I do. I mean, it's awful, but it's having great. lots of lots of good good reviews. Yes, and lots of people going, yeah, it's "Scary." Yes, it's a scary thing. Yeah, it is. Um, is that you've got the the glue gun? You have a glue gun, so you can like um, you can kind of build staircases and stuff. Um, it's kind of like by shooting goo at the wall. By shooting goo, and you shoot the goo. It's sort of the same function as like a like a freeze ray in a lot of games. So like your your enemies aren't dead; they're just frozen, and then you can shoot them or hit them with a hammer. So that's quite good. And you can also build suitcase uh, suitcases, build staircases. <laughs> And like, if there's a fire, you can put the fire out. If there's a gas leak, you can you can seal the gas leak with the glue gun. There's something very, like, very simple mechanic that you can get a lot out of. Um, yeah, glue gun, best kind of gun. Um, Yay! Go on, Ben. What's your game? Each category that I have, I have an honourable mention to Resident Evil. <laughs> okay. Oh, I see. And the, the video game that I've chosen 
shocking. It's Super Mario Maker. No, it isn't. It's I, not Super that's Mario weird. Maker. I thought he's going to make a joke and it's going to be Mario. <laughs> that was weird. I thought you were going to go Super oh, Mario odd. World, though, not Mario Maker. Uh, no, I... The, the game is uh, Resident Evil. Sure. Why? Uh, or as Hillary Clinton's administration called it, Resident of Evil Creek. Do you remember late 90s, early noughties? Vividly. Um, there, there was American politicians who were all against video games because yes. those, are, those, are what caught that, those are what kill people, yeah. not guns. No. We need to get rid of the, the video games that make people shoot people, not the guns that people actually shoot people with. Yeah, Arr. obviously. Um, and, yes, uh, Hillary Clinton was giving a speech and said that one of the worst offenders of this is Resident of Evil Creek. I, I guess that's what she thought Resident Evil was called. But it's not. It's Resident Evil. Or... Uh, okay. In Japan, it's called Biohazard. Yeah. Okay. That's stupid. Well done. <laughs> Good job, Clinton. Is there somewhere called Evil Creek? Uh, well, I'll let you Google that. All right, then. Um, for those of you who don't know, Resident Evil, 1996. Not 1998, as I said earlier. What a fool I am. Idiot. It's generally noted as one of the like, top influential horror video games. It, it used the fixed camera angles, uh, which I don't think had really been used um, as as much, or at least in this particular way, uh, notably before. It sort of went down the B-movie uh, route with the actual filmed live-action introduction to the first game. Hmm. Your special tactics and rescue squad, or stars, your funky policemen. And there's been murders going on in these this forest. You go and investigate. All the people are getting eaten in the forest, aren't they? Oh no. Probably probably zombies, but Could they think zombies. it's a cult or something because they're sensible and have never seen a zombie movie. Long story short, their helicopter crashes. Big old scary dogs come after them, so they seek refuge in a mansion where they are now safe. Or are they? I don't they're know not then. safe. Oh, they're, no, okay. they're not safe. It's sense. it's it's full of zombies. Right. Um, yeah, I think it's very important. It's spooky. It's I don't think we'd have such a zombie obsessed culture mm. as we do now. Yeah, um, that's true. Like with things like The Walking Dead, uh Shaun of the Dead from the Cornetto trilogy was uh, inspired by Resident Evil 2. There's an episode of Spaced where Simon Pegg's character spends all night doing cheap speed and then playing Resident Evil 2. Yes. He doesn't, he doesn't sleep, he then sees zombies coming for him. And that was the inspiration for Shaun of the Dead. Conversation Hot Podcast. TV. Uh, so I, I have two... Um, both of which are from this year and both of which are happening now. Um, so I don't know how they end. Um, I I have just the one. Do you want to do one of yours, I do mine, and then we finish with yours? Yeah, sounds good. Uh, I so think that's good. My first one is Lovecraft Country. Um, this is a series about a 
African-American uh, family, sort of like an extended family, a group of people, friends, some of whom are related, in the, uh, I'm sort of thinking of what decade, kind of the 50s, I guess. And they're, they're basically trying to go about their lives, dealing with issues of race, prejudice, and a little bit of... Um, homophobia prejudice as well and i mean it is the 50s isn't it? it is the 50s they did like to hate people who were different to white men <laughs> basically um yep. so they're, they're going about their lives and like they're trying to uncover uh basically why one of the dude's dads died and what, what was going on in his life and he's he's part of these uh secret societies and cosmically horrifying things keep happening to them a la lovecraft um and the the central character is actually reading a book of uh, lovecraft stories at the time and like all all these weird things keep happening to them um and it's it's got a bit of a monster of the week vibe to it in some ways but there is like an overarching story and like every week one of the characters has to sort of deal with something horrific following them round and messing okay. with their day there was a recent episode that happened um in in the past compared to the the storyline of the present day ostensibly um and it was about a woman who um the central character falls in love with in korea during the korean war um so a lot it was set in korea and a lot of it was in a language you don't know uh, so that that was an interesting twist, and there was another one where one of the characters is like transported through different cosmoses, cosmoses, um, and it got really psychedelic. I think it's through through the cosmos. Yeah, sure, through through different planes of reality. There you um, go, and it's sort of really really pretty and really well portrayed, but like really psychedelic and weird. Um, so it has, it's kind of got like an X-Files theme, but like more of cosmic horror rather than sci-fi, you know? Lovecraft Country, yes. It's on Sky, I believe. Yeah, worth a go. Okay, I, I will give that a... It's really good. I'll give it a peruse. Yeah. I mean, TV show-wise, I feel that there's quite a few that uh, would spring to mind... Mm-hmm. Uh, Buffy. Yeah. Obviously, um, it was Good teen show. horror with some truly terrifying episodes. There's an episode called Hush. Oh, which the quiet is, one. Yeah, just almost entirely music. Yeah. And, oh, so, so well done. It, it's just astounding, like, how everyone loses their voice and then there'll be things far back in the background that people won't things like bad baddies come in for them but they won't see them and no and and you you want to shout at the tv saying turn around but then you can't do that because not only are they in the tv and they can't hear you that's not how it works and but even if they even if that was how it works you're not a voice you'd have lost your voice they can't hear that's true. And the music That's just true. builds and is nightmarish and so, so well done. Cool. So I could talk about that for ages. Angel, I could talk about. I could talk about uh, Tokyo Ghoul. I could... Talk... There's, there's lots. Yes. But what I did want to focus on, 
because I have finished all of those shows, mm-hmm. is Japanese anime, the dark fantasy, by name of Attack on Titan. Cool. Which I may well have mentioned on podcast or on streams, and I do not apologise. I've never heard of it. Oh, it's good. I have heard of it. Um, cool. And it's good. See, um, the final season starts this December, which is why not only am I bringing it up now, but I'm also re-watching seasons yeah. one through three um, whilst reading the manga that's coming out. Uh, yeah, yeah, covering it's, all the bases. It's, it's just... I. It's, it was on my Netflix list for six months... And I never, I didn't get round to watching it. And then one night at about ten o'clock in the evening, I put on the first episode. And since then, I have become absorbed by it. Cool. Basic plot uh, for the first season. I'll give you a quick summary, mm-hmm. or at least the first few episodes. Overnight, these huge naked giants called Titans appeared. They eat people. Yeah. They don't have to, but they do. They're not intelligent. They sort of my they they strike me somewhere between zombies and toddlers. Okay. They're gonna they're gonna eat people because that's what they want to do. But they don't do it to hurt people. Yes. They don't even really think of people as things. It's just um food. Right. Okay. It's not a malicious. It's just a dumb. No. It's just this. Yeah. It's like a like cow eating fighters. grass. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and those who vote for UKIP. Um, so 90% of human, almost all of humanity is wiped out overnight. Wow. A uh, few hundred thousand people manage to hide behind these three huge walls that some people believe are like gods because that's okay. what's protected them. Um, so a hundred years pass of humanity living in the walls with the Titans sort of bumping up against the edge going, we want to eat you. Yeah. One day, a big old massive bastard turns up out of nowhere that's so big that he can put his head over these 50 metre tall walls. Right. And he boots a big hole in it. Okay. Oh no, one may think, now all the Titans are going to get in. Well, quite. And you you would be correct. (gasps) They do. Right. Yeah. And, oh, that's just where all the trouble starts to happen. <laughs> I would imagine. Well, no, the trouble started when they showed up. This is a second layer of trouble. This sure. is a second layer of trouble, definitely. Yeah. And the story sort of follows these three kids, uh, focusing mainly on one of them, but it's these three kids who are best friends, their parents get eaten. Um, and it's them, sort of, this one guy trying to get revenge on the Titans so they can yeah. train to be in the army and uh, go and take back the outside world. The storyboarding is amazing. The animation is fantastic. It's been described as both gorgeous and appalling in its visuals. Nice. Which Very probably, cool. you know, that hits the mark. Yeah. And an excellent mix of what 18th century gothic novelist Anne Radcliffe defined as horror versus terror. One is physical, making you want to look away. 
The other is intellectual, making you want to know what's going to happen next. Cool. You don't look away from this, even though you you don't want to see all of the stuff that's yeah going to happen, but you need to. Um, my second TV show is um, The Haunting of Bly Manor. Ooh. <laughs> don't watch it. It's scary. <laughs> it's real bad in a great way. Um, we accidentally watched... Uh, two episodes last night and then it was like half one in the morning and we were like we gotta watch like we've gotta watch some game grumps or something because like I'm, I, can't, I don't want to go to sleep um, uh, bed is scary it is a story about a woman a woman who <laughs> and not her husband um, a woman who becomes nanny to a pair of children in a giant English manor uh, she's given the job by their uncle. Um, she's an American lady. Uh, everyone else is very English. And it becomes apparent that obviously, like, there's there's all sorts wrong. Um, so the children's parents... I'm going to try not to get spoilery here. So this is all stuff that's covered very early on. The children's parents uh, died. And... Oh, no. Um, oh, it's worth mentioning. I think all the episodes are available now on Netflix... I'm on episode four or five, I think. Um, so haven't finished it. Uh, excited slash terrified about doing so. Um, the children's parents die, and they don't really talk about why for a while. Um, and their last nanny also died, or their last au pair also died. Um, and it's also really obvious that um, the the central character that there was a loss in her life previous as well. Um, so the the inhabitants of the house are a small girl and slightly older brother, the au pair, uh, gardener lady, um, housekeeper lady, and a chap who is kind of a chef slash driver, I think, um, general handyman perhaps and they they all are like dealing with different kinds of loss um i'm just trying to think about what i can say without giving too much away oh th this is a good bit um there's ghosts everywhere slightly out of frame like everywhere uh there is a character in a plague mask which is spooky already uh and they don't reference him they, they haven't done at the point I am at, certainly. He's just there. Um, so, like, the, so the, the Go on. Are, are these, like... Can the, the people see them? Or are these, like, little Easter egg things that... The audience is meant to maybe pick up on? At first, it feels a bit like Slenderman in Marble Hornets, in that he's there... Subtly. Subtly, if the characters were to look directly at them, they would see them. But as it goes along, it sort of feels more like an Easter egg, but they kind of play with it. And like, there's okay. one bit where actually you you don't realize at the time, but like you're watching two characters talk and there's kind of a blur around the frame. And like, over time, you're sort of supposed to realize. Oh, that's the hook of 
the nose. Oh, I don't like ghost. I don't like that you did that and then the screen blurred. Um, <laughs> so it's and because it, it, it's creepy. like it's like here on the frame. I'm going to do it to both cameras simultaneously. It's sort of like there. So like okay. your the camera and you as the viewer are focused in what's happening with the characters and the dialogue that's happening, but like you you realize that this kind of curved thing is like the nose of this plague doctor character. So like obviously right. you're there you're there as you're a viewer next face. to this ghost. You're ne you're at his face. Um or it could just be Ooh. a framing device that makes you think that. Um and then there's flashbacks to different periods and there's like a very pale army officer at one point who's just like out of the field of view. So it it does the Marble Hornets thing of like makes you look in all the corners and like makes you look for different things when you probably should be paying attention to the actual story. Uh, so it, it's so well done, but it's awful as an experience. Like it's 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 great. It's good, bad. It's really well put together. Occasionally very horrible to be near, but I guess but it, that's the it's, point of horror. Yeah. So it's it's awful, but deliberately so. So it's. Yeah. I don't like horror that... Jump scares aren't horror. Jump scares are just... Uh, Boom! Oh, oh, cool. Thanks. It's just timing. That's all it is. It's What you're doing is putting the proverbial cucumber behind the cat. You're going to yeah, turn yeah. around and go, the fuck is that? But it doesn't don't matter. Who gives a shit? Yeah. It's a cucumber. Yeah. Stuff that genuinely makes you feel... Yeah. yeah. And not like grossed out stuff like Saw. The first yeah. movie, great. Then they got worse and worse and worse and worse yeah. and worse because it just became, eh, let's make stuff go messy. Eh. For it to be like wrenching, almost visceral reaction. Yeah. That's good horror. Yes. Th this is very good horror. Oh, the, the young boy character is, I mean, both the children are really well acted. They're very scary. Um, the little girl is kind of obviously adopted the mannerisms of the previous au pair who died. Um, which is creepy, and she's a small girl, which is also creepy. Uh, the young boy was um, sent home from a boarding school for, which you work out, is also spoopy. Um, I, I shrugged at the camera for the benefit of podcast listeners. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, the young boy was sent home from boarding school for shrugs at camera reasons. Um, and he's, he's also quite creepy, and he's got like a weirdly... Um, Oh, I, I don't know. Just, just very off-putting character. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think I can say any more without like getting into spoiler territory. So I'm just going to go say watch. I mean, uh, you've, Haunting you've, of Bly Manor. You've done a damn good job because I genuinely want to go and watch that this evening now. And it I'm meant to be putting a chest of drawers together. Fuck that! No, I'm going to watch no. the spoopy things. Um, it's it does a real good job of making you play spot the ghost. Um, which I think is missing from some horror. Because, <laughs> like, either you you don't see a ghost, in which case the plot's scary, or you see a ghost, in which case the plot's scary. I, I uh, was tempted yeah. to bring up um, the woman in black during oh, yeah. this. Not so much the movie, but the stage show that the movie is based on. And I, I believe I've got the book. I was at a, in a charity shop the other day, and they had the book... Cool. Which is probably what the play is based on and all that Could stuff. be. Could be. Um, but yes, I went to go and see the the stage production of Woman in Black. 
and I'm still not over it. <laughs> Wait, I saw what, it when I from the stage. I, I saw it when I was 16 Whoa. in the West End, cool. and I'm still not over it. That's amazing. For theatre as well, that's crazy. Um, a guy is trying to deal with things that happened to him, so he goes to a... Uh, it's sort of like a therapist, someone to help him get through it, and the way they get through it is by recreating it, and that's the play that you see. Cool. Talking of twists, again, something that you will not get in the movie, something you won't get in the book, I would assume, something that you do get in the stage show Yeah. is the bit that will stay with you possibly till the end of your life. <laughs> awesome. The Conversation Hat Podcast. Uh, something that is really worth looking into if you want to give yourself some spoops. Uh, this is a Laura suggestion. I just didn't really know how to introduce this. So uh, if you Google, oh, uh, where's it gone? Submechanophobia. Submechanophobia. Let me put that in the chat. Submechanophobia. Um, find like some pictures or some like, oh, video good compilations. God. It is, submechanophobia is fear of um uh, oh i hate it oh god no i clicked on images and i've now had to turn it off that's horrifying abandoned underwater um animatronics Ugh. so like what underwater disney rides with like robots and stuff and there's something about that Ugh. i mean like i find like animatronics kind of creepy anyway i think all sane people do but there's something about them being underwater and like rusty and like the paint's chipped away. Oh god. It's if you do if you want to creep yourself out, underwater animatronics. I shouldn't have looked at that. No. That it's... is the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> oh I hate it. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Oh I hate it. <laughs> I just want to see. Right. Now you've yeah. ruined that for me. Oh, what? The crocodile one? Uh, just I just looked at images and there was the big weird thing on the top left. There's just, just things oh, underwater. Because... Yeah. Oh, no, I, I, I get not the scared. underwater thing. I've not been scared. I wouldn't say scared. And I'm sure I've mentioned this before. But it was when I was in Ibiza. Yeah. And I swam into the sea. And then yes. I went under the water and I looked at the horizon. Yeah. Oh, and that it's it's just so dark and expansive. Yeah. yeah. That and it it it's oh. Yeah, that's yeah. what it made me think of, except it's got people stuff in it. Stuff yeah. where people sit or have been or have made, and that's just no. That's two worlds yeah. that should not collide and so it made that, me very uncomfy. That's what I wanted to throw in there, just if you do actually want to give yourself the spooks, uh, abandoned underwater attractions. Good news, everyone. Okay, I do you have a good news? Because I have a good news. I do. Ha I've got two good newses. Oh, good. Because I've got a really short one. One of which I've just seen that it says good news, so the animation did work. Oh, that's a good one. There's my bit of good news. So shall I do my one and then we'll do your actual one? Sure. And we also 
Um, I'll get in front of it. I don't have a plug this week other than Haunting of Bly Manor and Lovecraft Crunchy and the thing we've said. Like, I don't feel like there's a reason to do plugs this week because we've all plugged just like a million things already. Well, so That's true. I've, I've got a um, little one, but yeah. Okay. I've got a small um, one. So my good news. Um, Taylor Swift, say what you like about her music. You're going to anyway. Um, she donated a bunch of signed CDs to independent record stores across America. And I do mean donated. They, they weren't purchased or distributed. They were given to these record stores. Um, and her instruction was, hey, is that the exact same thing you've got? This is the exact same thing. <laughs> I love it. It's, it is yeah, good news, it's, it's great. Um, yeah, you, you go on. So the obviously the whole point is that independent record stores are dying and actually they they do more to get young people into music in general and discover new bands than Spotify does. Um, because obviously if you listen to a single on Spotify, oh yeah, that's good. Maybe you listen to it again, maybe you don't. But actually owning a CD will like, it will do so much more for you being into a band and will do so much more for the band you buy the thing off of. Mm. So her her thing there isn't to try and make money for herself. This is a donation because normally record stores obviously buy the things off of a distributor. They buy the music off of a distributor and then they sell it and then that's how they make money. So, so they put the money forward. So all of the revenue from these CDs is going to these record stores. So number one, they get to sell a limited edition signed thing and make a crap load of money off of that. It gets more people into the record store because maybe they go to buy the Taylor Swift album and maybe they pick something else up while they're there. And also, like, the instruction, which I really like, was to only sell to local people. Like, yes. how are you going to enforce that? And it is a bit League of Gentlemen, but I sort of appreciated that. <laughs> yeah. Local Taylor Swift albums for, for local, local people. people. But the cool thing is, like, wherever you are in America, or indeed most parts of the world, I dare say, like, you, you will have a local record store somewhere, maybe two or three. But mm, they are sure. dying because of Spotify and amazon basically so it's not like oh if, if, if you're a collector or whatever or like a diehard taylor swift fan or you just like signed things because it's worth more you will have one of these in your city so like you don't need to go collect 50 million of them from across the states but uh yeah that's the info i have do you have any additional info for that uh, um well yeah just the uh the the local thing i think that was put in place so there's also just one per customer yes that's true so i'm guessing the local thing it was to keep the money in um in that community so it's helping out communities instead of someone just drive getting paid to drive around by someone else to go and buy them all and then fuck you this it's not for you know, it's for fans, but it's not for millionaire collectors to yeah. just go, I want all of it mine now. It's for... And also you can't resell it because if you only get one, you've got to come back the next day to get another one to then sell on eBay. Like, you're not gonna. It's it's not a th- it's, it's not about the money. It's about helping out local venues and for, and for local... Yeah, it sounds very League of yeah. Gentlemen, but it's local shops and local people. It's... Yeah. 
it's not just a consumerist. It's not just a capitalist. Oh, I'll buy yeah. the stuff, buy the stuff. It's trying I to like help Taylor little Swift. communities and stuff. And yeah, I, um, I, I really liked that. I Taylor thought that was Swift. a good thing to do. I like Taylor Swift as a business person more than I like her music, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing to say. Um, like, I think she's so nice to her fans, and I think she's she's so forward-thinking and, like, appreciative of the things that do actually prop up the music industry that do get a little bit forgotten, like being a fan, like local record shops. So, so I love stuff like this. I also believe that she has... Uh, one of her assistants, like their, if if I understand it correctly, their job, their main job is to go through Twitter and look for people who say nice things about Taylor Swift or who uh, talk about how important Taylor Swift is to them, but without like atting Taylor Swift, who they're just talking about her without trying to get her attention. And I don't know the mechanics of this, sure. but they will, like, send presents to these fans. Oh, that's cool. And, like, they will work out that, which I guess, because internet, they can work out their birthday and they can just send them stuff, which is really cool. So, like, really taking care of your fans. Like, yeah, she's got a crap load of money, but, like, num- like th- this is how you get a crap load of money, by being nice to people, ideally. And also, like, what a use of that, um, that, power of her brand and like the the income that she has like this is putting it to really good use and i am here for it um yes it shows that them at least in a part that i mean music should god i'm gonna sound like such a wanker music's made for the people who enjoy it so cool she's made millions off of the music that she's made but it shows that it's for other people to enjoy it's there to mean what it means to other people yeah and so why not send send them presents yeah totally yeah yeah particularly when it's a little thing that they're not like going oh my god at taylor swift i love you send me shit exactly especially when you do that it's gonna it's gonna um encourage people to say nice things about taylor swift (laughs) And it's going to encourage these people to maybe buy like the more expensive T-shirt next time they go to see Taylor Swift on tour. Like, yeah, it's genius. Um, I've just realised that we're being yeah, really nice about Taylor Swift while saying that Taylor Swift buys presents for people who are nice about Taylor Swift. That's not our angle. I didn't know that until just now. I'm also not hatting her. Nor am I. I don't have Twitter. I wouldn't know how. Well, I would know how, but I don't have Twitter anymore. There you go. Um, do we have anything else we want to say? Because we've covered the... Um... Oh, you had you had a plug, didn't you? Um, I had My plug just... is just all the things I said, especially Haunting of Bly Banner. Ugh. I mean... Oh, absolutely, my plugs. Everything that I've said... Not everything yeah. that I've said, but the things Most that I have suggested, I would really recommend um, people to go and see, particularly... I mean, anime people are getting more into now, I think, but not a lot. People still sort of have the whole, oh, it's a cartoon thing. Yeah. If, if you like spooky shit, if you like great storytelling, go into and go into that. Go, discover new things. That's what I did, and now I've got there's hundreds of things that I read and yeah. watch. Um, yeah, my one little plug thing. Uh, yesterday, 
was World Mental Health Day. Yeah. Uh, we put a little post out from uh, one of our previous guests. Um, uh, post by Hannah, uh, which you can find. You can find the link on our Facebook and read the thing. It's, on it's very the cool. Um, yeah, I don't want. Don't know if I can plug Mental Health Day, but uh, yeah, I don't see yeah. why not. You mental health plug is the concept of mental health. Yeah, I mean it's important. It always is. Um, people are talking about it a little bit more, which is always good. Uh, talking about it more is better. But you know, it's important to look after yourself, particularly as everyone's saying at the moment in these troubled times. Yeah, or That's unprecedented times. You know, it's important. Look yeah. after yourself. Look it, after your mates. Check at your own point. We are. We are going to have to start precedenting. Um, I think you make a good point. Yeah. Like it's worth checking in with friends occasionally. Like you're, you're not going to go see them down the pub as often as you would certainly, or like maybe they're stuck in a different city, or maybe they've moved in with their folks for a bit. Like it's worth just sending them a little message just to let them know uh, they're on your mind. Um, yes, yeah, and it's important to take a little bit of time to yourself as well. I said this yeah, earlier. Definitely. I've got rid. I've turned off Facebook notifications, and it is yeah. a lot less stressful. Yes. It's cool. So give yourself a little bit of space, even if you've had what feels like nothing but space. Have a yeah. little bit of you but time. Space. But space. <laughs> uh, we should make a game called But Space. Okay, you learn how to code, and I will do nothing. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. I'll plug myself uh, in gonna, like in the Matrix. I think let's go to the sketches. Um, we will see you the next podcast episode. Right, let's see if I can get this right. The next live stream, live stream people will be a month from today, so middle of November. I think it's going to be a voting special. Holy hell. Oh, um, shit. Celebration of democracy. Ooh. And lack uh, thereof. Yes, could be the last time we get to say the word democracy out loud, so that'll be out. Exciting. Um, <laughs> the episode version of this podcast is out next week if you're listening to the podcast hi um, the next podcast after this podcast will be the following week on Patreon let me just run through the dates so today is the 11th of October Ben you look very attractive um, as <laughs> ever the, this episode comes out on the 18th of October the next episode goes out to patrons on the 25th of October. That is with Martin Kiry, a.k.a. Tantacruel. Yeah, uh, that's a YouTube good one. Music, um, theor- YouTube music theorist. Yeah, he talks about yeah. music on YouTube, and it's good. And then that episode goes public on November 1st with Tantacruel. Heckity heck, don't talk Beck. Bye. Goodbye. Thank Bye. you for watching. Thank you for Bye. listening. See you soon. Kisses and stay spooky. Wash your hands, you dirty bastards. Wash them spookily. Spooky blood. hands. Blood and then soap. <laughs> See you later, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to and presumably enjoying the Conversation Hat podcast. 
We've chosen to put this, the only advert, at the very end of the show because we wanted to specifically target the people who enjoy the Conversation App podcast the most. And the fact that you're still listening, even though the episode has actually finished, well, that leads me to believe that you're exactly the people I want to talk to. The Conversation App podcast, and indeed everything we do here at Odd Creative, is an entirely independent operation. So please bear in mind that even though we don't get paid for doing these episodes, that doesn't mean that not work. So we're asking you, our most dedicated listeners, to consider what you think this show is worth. If it's worth around one American dollar, which, I mean, it is at least worth that, then do consider subscribing to our Patreon. A Patreon subscription to the Conversation Hat podcast is a monthly recurring payment of pretty much however much you want to send us. For one dollar or more every month, you get early access to our recording episodes. You also get access to an additional patrons-only mini-podcast, so something that only people who subscribe to our Patreon will be able to hear. Which is really exciting for us, because it means that we can be really super gross, and only our most dedicated listeners will ever hear it. That's kind of fun. So if that sounds interesting to you, please go to patreon.com forward slash conversation and see what else we have on offer. Thank you for your time.